Greetings, fellow Earthlings. Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. Seeking the truth, exposing the lies. Remember, together, we are unstoppable. Keep on digging. Greetings, fellow Earthlings. This is Dave with another idea or rant from the road. I just wanted to chime in briefly and talk about something that I learned about fairly recently, which is the Smith-Munt Modernization Act. Munt is spelled M-U-N-D-T. Now, the Smith-Munt Act was passed at the end of World War II to prevent the United States government from propagandizing its own citizens. The Smith-Munt Modernization Act was passed in 2013 and allowed the propagandization of the American people by its government. So let me just reiterate that. As of 2013, it is now legal for the government to propagandize its own people with their taxpayer dollars. So the government uses all avenues at their disposal, such as social media, newsprint, radio, television, and even movies. Now you can you can Google this, you can look it up. There's a you know New York Times has an article about it, Business Times, Forbes, you know. I urge you to read about this, the Smith-Munt Modernization Act, and wrap your head around this. So apparently the government, the deep state elements of the FBI, CIA, spend an estimated thousand hours a month propagandizing the people of the United States. So just recently, Russia Today, you know, with the invasion of Ukraine, Russia Today, the, t the television station on YouTube, came under attack as being state-sponsored TV that we cannot trust, right? Well, uh, you know, Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter Chris Hedges did a report on that, and what he came to find is that the reasoning... The reason, the official reason given for taking him off the air wasn't that they were providing false information. It was because they were providing an outlet for anti-war voices, for pro-Occupy voices, and for pro-BLM, Black Lives Matter voices. So this, this is a far cry from shutting down a source of dis or misinformation, right? So they just shut down a source that was talking, telling truth, speaking truth to power as far as the American government goes and what they're subjugating their own people to and by and with. So this is very interesting, right? In this era of, you know, cancel culture, misinformation, fake news, the biggest purveyor of fake news is the government, probably any government, but definitely the United States government is, you know, masterful at this. Um, we need look no further than the weapons of mass destruction lies around the, uh, you know, invasion of Iraq. 
how not only our government was parrot was 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 spewing this rhetoric, but then all media outlets parroted the exact same thing. Right? I'm sure you all remember that, and if you're too young to remember that, just look it up on YouTube. Weapons of Mass Destruction, WMD Lies. It was actually astounding the extent to which they propagandized the U.S. people. So this is happening all day, every day on social media. There are bots put out that, you know, there are bots that, you know, people and bots that spend their time just pushing a certain agenda or point of view. So know this, know this. When you're looking at something, put it through that lens. Look at it through that lens, through that filter that, is this legitimate? Could this be propaganda? What is the point of this post or this article? What are they trying to get me to believe? And is there any proof Right. I don't want to go into Ukraine or specific issues like that because of cancel culture. And I don't want to be canceled. I'm just urging people to think, to think for themselves, to question authority always. And never take something at face value. You know, and the, the more adamant somebody is that you believe something, I think the more important it is that you look beyond surface level. One of the reasons, one of the shows, two of the shows that I really like for getting at truths like this and, and getting a behind-the-scenes look are on, both on YouTube, The Jimmy Dore Show and also Russell Brand. Uh, they both counter the narrative that you will hear on what I call the lamestream media, right? All the media outlets in the U.S. are owned by five corporations, all newspapers, radio stations, TV stations. But getting back to the Smith Modernization Act, so not only are they propagandizing people through newspaper articles, uh, through the social media, but they actually can, they actually are involved in giving stories to the news outlets. So that's exactly what we accused RT America of. We are doing that every day. So I find that deeply ironic. And then that, that makes it plainly obvious that what Chris Hedges was saying is true, that it's, it's not a matter of wrong or misinformation. It's a matter of not wanting that information to be disseminated because that can be deemed dangerous, right? We don't want people to question the narrative. We don't want people to question why we're giving tens of billions, almost a hundred billion dollars to Ukraine. I believe most Americans couldn't point it out on a map. Yet we're giving them, it's going to be a $124 billion aid package when all is said and done. Flint, Michigan still doesn't have drinkable water 10 years after the lead scandal. It's going to be a whole generation of children growing up there with developmental disabilities and cognitive disabilities due to lead consumption. 
Lead is a, you know, I believe it's the strongest neurotoxin, lead and, and mercury. Um, you know, our infrastructure is crumbling. I read an article the other day that was saying 70,000 bridges in the United States are in need of repair or fortification. 70,000 are on the verge of being condemned unsafe. That is amazing. 70,000, right? Um, so we're in this era of mass spending and the government doesn't want us to question that. They don't want us to question where the money's going, how they came up with the money, right? Because when you talk about free college in the United States, the first response people, well, how are we going to pay for it? Well, how did we pay for Ukraine? They seem to just write a check. They just pulled out the checkbook. They didn't think about it. It was like, oh, we need to do this. We're going to do this. Boom. Here's the check. There was no, how are we going to pay for it? No, no public deliberation about how we're going to come up with the funds, right? And so let's talk about the two, the two issues, the two most pressing issues. Number one, the United States being the only industrialized nation without universal health care. Even during a pandemic, they didn't offer us health care, right? And not only that, but it's been deemed cheaper to provide universal health care than what we're currently doing well, for a couple reasons. One is because when people have to go to the emergency room, it costs more, right? So preventative maintenance saves a lot of money when it comes to health care. Catching the problem before it's, you know, it, it, it's a, a greater problem. Preventative medicine. Uh, and it would be very simple. It's really just cutting the middleman out, right? Cutting out the insurance companies. So it's very simple if you think about it. So let's look at three issues. Universal health care. We just talked about that one. It would save us money over what we're paying now. Then free college, right? Free college. How are we going to pay for it? Well, you run the numbers yourself. I did, and they blew my mind. So in the United States, the average college graduate makes 50000 a year. The average high school graduate makes 25000 a year. So you go to college, you're going to make roughly double what you will make if you don't go to college. Now you take the amount in taxes that each of these people would pay throughout their working life. The college graduate would pay $170,000 more in taxes than the high school graduate in their working life. $170,000, that more than pays for quote-unquote free college education. So not only can we afford it, but it would actually make money to be able, you know, the program would actually make money and be able to sustain itself, and we'd be able to provide scholarships and grants to people uh, you know, to help them with living expenses while they were going to school, like other nations do. You know, in Europe, you want to go to school, you know, we'll pay your rent while you're going to school, as long as you keep your grades up. Uh, I know somebody who's moving to Germany right now, and their, their ex-wife is going to get a free a master's degree for free in Germany. Uh, as a U.S. citizen, you can go to Germany and get free college education. 
So other countries have it figured out. It's an investment in your community, in your society, and in the people of your country, community, and society, making it a better place to live, giving people better quality of life, doing something that is more fulfilling to them, and that actually pays better. Imagine that. Now let's look at homelessness. So Finland has adopted the policy of housing first. And they've virtually eliminated their homelessness problem. Four out of five people that are involved in this program within six months are back on their feet and, and you know, able to take care of themselves and pay their, pay their way again. Mississippi, of all states, has adopted this housing first model and they've eliminated their housing, their homeless problem. Now, California has what I've heard is the fifth richest economy in the world. And we've got one of the worst homeless problems in any developed country right here in California. Probably the worst in all of the United States. And I'm sure worse than many nations. There's an estimated... Uh, what is it, 40,000 people? You know, I believe 50, 40 to 50,000 people. 20,000 just in, uh, in L.A. alone, right? Massive amounts of people, homeless. So you look at these numbers, and it doesn't make sense. Why would we not help these people help themselves, Right? I've also heard that throughout the United States, there are more vacant houses than there are homeless people. So this just shows you that our version of capitalism is not working. It's not working for the majority of the people, right? Your average American is $400 uh, away from, from bankruptcy. A $400, your average American cannot afford a $400 emergency. That's what I was trying to say. So their brakes go out on their car, they can't fix them. Um, medical care is the number one cause of bankruptcy. I did a podcast recently, which will be airing in October, with a person from Canada, and we debunked the myth that Canadians have to wait for, for important medical procedures. That's completely not true. You can go to your doctor if your doctor's busy. You can go to any doctor. If you can't find any doctor, you can go to the emergency room. So by no means do you have to wait unless it's an elective procedure, meaning non-vital, right? If you want plastic surgery, you might have to wait a little while. If you want some elective procedure, you might have to wait a little while. You need a, a transplant. You need stitches. You need an operation. You're in. You're in. Um, the example he gave me is his girlfriend's friend needed an appointment. It was a Friday. She called the doctor. She had an appointment on Tuesday. That's faster than I can get an appointment here. So it's complete myth. Uh, and, and, and this is, this is the thing. We live by this myth of America, right? The myth that the United States is the greatest place on earth. Well, it is if you don't look around, right? Um, uh, if you, our healthcare system might be great if you're rich, but it's the leading cause of bankruptcy for most Americans. For, for Americans, it's the leading cause of bankruptcy. Um, 
We're number three in infant mortality. So being the richest country in the world, we still have one of the highest child death rates. Those two things should not coexist. So it's a matter of priorities. It's not a matter of not having the money, not being able to find the money, because clearly, uh, you know, the Ukraine aid package is a prime example of being able to find the money when we want to, when there's political will. But it's the political will. It's getting our elected officials to do what we actually want them to do and what they told us they were going to do when they were running for election. Right? I'll even go a step further. I don't think we need a Congress anymore. All they are is a middleman between what we want and the election box. Why do we need the middleman? It made sense when it was back in horse and buggy days. Send our elected representative on horse and buggy all the way out to the D.C. Capitol so they could place the vote for us. Well, now we got these amazing things called computers where we could actually vote on every single issue, right? And with blockchain technology, those votes would be secure and non-tamperable. Wouldn't be able to mess with them. So I think everything has to change. If, if our society is not going to crumble, which it seems we're on the verge of of major change or of societal breakdown, right? It seems like we're facing the end of empire here in the United States. And if it wasn't for people that are so staunch in their beliefs, like neoconservatives, then we could avert this. We could, we could change courses and directions. But it seems there are some people that are so ideologically bent on a certain outcome, right? That the ends justify the means, and they don't care if people go hungry. They don't care if the death rate in the United States, if the lifespan in the United States has declined recently for the first time in 100 years, first time ever, it's gone down. They don't uh, care about uh, deaths of despair, Look that one up. Google that one. Deaths of despair. The leading cause of middle-aged white men in the United States are deaths of despair. And that's uh, suicide, drinking yourself to death, or drug overdose. Basically being so miserable that you die. Um, so this is, this is, what is what has been created. You know? And it wasn't that long ago. You know? A certain person is like, let's make America great again. Well, you can ask, you know, the, the African-American community, was America ever really great? Well, yeah, not so much to them. Native Americans, yeah, not so much to them. Uh, Chinese Americans, not so much. Japanese Americans, oh, not so much. Mexican Americans, well, not so much. Um, so that's a complete myth. But if you wanted to look at economically, when was this country the greatest that it has been? It was in the 40s through the 60s, and that was due to the tax rate. Corporations were taxed 90%, 92%, and rich people. Once you made $200,000, you were taxed 90-something percent after the first 200 grand. That would be the equivalent of around $10 million a year today. So, so you know, the... I heard that, that that talk was going around to put that initiative on the ballot after 10 million, tax 90% or 70% even. 
And people were freaking out about it. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, whoa, you need more than $10 million in a year? Well, we, you know, it's their money. They made their money. We shouldn't take it. We have no right to take their money. We're not taking their money. What we're doing by increasing the tax like that is making people pay back the society that enabled them to make the money, right? Elon Musk didn't make his money on an island. He made it using the bridges, roads, highways, airports, the infrastructure of the United States. And we need our successful citizens to pay that forward so that it's still here for the next person to come up, right? So we're not talking about taxing people out of existence. We're not talking about taxing them poor. We're just talking about them paying their fair share. Uh, and they'll still be ridiculously wealth. You know, the Bill Gates, the, the Elon Musks, the Jeff Bezos of the world. If we taxed them at 90%, they would still be filthy, filthy rich. They just wouldn't have quite as much money sitting in an offshore bank account. They've already got more than they could spend in generations, right? Jeff Bezos just bought another super yacht. How many super yachts does somebody need concurrently? Right? Do you really need to have five or six of them scattered around the world so that wherever you touch down, you got a super yacht waiting for you? You know, so... Reminds me of a bumper sticker. sticker. Live simply so others can simply live. Right? Anyway, turned this into a little more of a rant than I wanted, but it's all started with the Smith-Munt Modernization Act. Look it up. The government can legally propagandize the U.S. citizens. So most of the stuff you see on CNN and MSNBC is going through that filter. The CIA, the FBI have approved that message, right? And let's not forget that the FBI said during the COINTELPRO operation, which was the FBI gathering information and subverting leftists and progressives, uh, as far back as the 50s, right after the McCarthy era. <clears throat> Let's not forget that the FBI went on record saying a progressive uh, candidate will never take power in the United States. So does that mean that they're going, willing to go to the lengths of assassination like they did with Martin Luther King, with the Black Panthers, subverting groups and planting bombs in their cars like they did with the Earth First movement. It means by any means necessary is what it means. They said it. They said it out loud and in print. That's not, you can't, it's, you can't mistake that. Look that up. Operation Pro. It's one word. Pro. Counterintelligence Program is what it stands for. And that's actually where Ronald Reagan made his come up by ratting out progressives in Hollywood to the FBI, then all of a sudden, he's on the stage for, you know, he's a contender for governor and then president. Hmm. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? How much of a hand the FBI had in, in helping him up and in in giving him bootstraps because he sure as hell didn't just do it by himself, right? He was a, a you know... B actor at best. More known for his commercials than he was for his acting ability. But anyway, I digress. 
Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. This has been Dave Smith with another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. I came up with that title because I've never been accused of not having something to say. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're digging what I'm doing, picking up what I'm throwing down, please do share this with friends, share on social media. Also, feel free to check out another venture I've started called Dave's Storytime. And if you, uh, I'm going to be telling some stories, inviting people to tell their real-life stories. And if you would like to share your story, then you can uh, send me an instant message on a direct message on Instagram. My handle on Instagram is and another thing with Dave. And I greatly appreciate you checking this out. And story time, as well as this podcast, are available on all podcast platforms. Peace out, people, and keep digging for the truth. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. If you're digging what I'm doing, picking up what I'm throwing down, please do share with friends and on social media. Until next time, keep on digging for the truth.